grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, as uh, many of you know, I don't watch sports. I've just never really been into them. But if I did have to watch a game, I know what kind I'd want to watch. Not what sport, but how the game is played, I mean. I'd want to watch a game where I wasn't sure who was going to win. Right? Like, if you do watch sports, I bet you've seen plenty of games where it's a complete blowout. One team just dominates the other one. And even I know those games aren't all that engaging. You kind of know from the beginning who's going to win. And unless the team that's way behind has some incredible comeback, it's pretty safe to just turn the TV off and go to bed. You kind of know how it's going to end up. The games that keep your interest are the ones where it's close. Right, where it's anybody's game. So if I had to watch something, that would be the kind I'd want to watch. And I bet that's the kind you want to watch, too. Today's gospel reading of Jesus' temptation sounds very much like a game between Jesus and the devil. And the final score is Jesus 3, devil 0. But honestly, it's not really that interesting. Right? It was a shutout. Did any of us think that Jesus would lose? I mean, the devil didn't even score a point. Although the temptation seems a good story, I'll admit that it's kind of hard for me to get emotionally involved in it. Because I know Jesus is going to win. It's hard for me to think that anything is really at stake here. It's sort of like uh, superhero movies. Right, I do watch those, even though I know the hero is going to win in the end. But I watch them for the story, though, not for who's going to come out on top. Even if there is some kind of big twist and the hero dies, then somehow they're going to come back. Because right? the story has to go on. Unless, of course, the actual actor dies and the story has to deal with that. Like in Wakanda forever. Sometimes people feel this way about Jesus' death. Right? Like we know Good Friday is an emotional day. We know Jesus dying on the cross is this pivotal moment. But we also know he comes back that first Easter Sunday. Plus, he told his disciples that he would die and rise again. Right? We even heard that last week with the Transfiguration. So the empty tomb really isn't that much of a surprise. We knew it was coming. Jesus conquers death. He comes back to life and evil is defeated. Not really that surprising. Just like this temptation story. Now, all of this is not to say that we can't connect to this story. I think we can. I just think it says something different than we might think at first. So let's take a look at each of these temptations here to find out what's going on. But first, we need to set the scene here. 
the reading begins by telling us that Jesus has been in the wilderness for 40 days. Now, in the Bible, the number 40 just means a long time. Like Noah was in the ark 40 days and 40 nights. The Israelites wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days. In the Bible, 40 just means a long time. Today, we use the word forever instead. Like, how many times have you said, this is taking forever? Actually, no, it's not taking forever. It's probably just a few seconds if you're waiting for a computer to boot up. Or a few minutes if you're sitting through a boring sermon. (laughs) Or a few hours if you're a kid stuck in the back of the car on a long trip. You can measure the time with a watch, but it still feels like forever. That's what the number 40 does in the Bible. It's forever or a long time. So Jesus was in the wilderness for a long time. And afterwards, the devil gave him this first temptation. He told Jesus to turn stones into bread. Seems like a practical idea. He's hungry. He needs to eat. But notice exactly what the devil said here. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, the devil is not trying to get rid of Jesus' hunger here. He's not that nice. Instead, he's trying to make Jesus question what it means to be the Son of God. So, in other words, the question is not really if you're the Son of God, but rather because you're the Son of God. The devil takes it as a given that Jesus is the Son of God, Because that's what his baptism scene right before this told us about. So the devil is trying to get Jesus to question what that means. So this first temptation is trying to get Jesus to think it means he can focus on himself. He can focus on his own convenience and what's easiest for him. I mean, why wait around for bread to be made? Why have farmers who harvest the grain? Why have bakers who spend all this time and energy making the food? Why not just snap your fingers and turn these stones into bread? But Jesus won't do that. Because life isn't just about food. It's about what God wants. In our lives, though, we fall into this temptation all the time. Instead of turning stones into bread, though, we turn paper and plastic and even our phones into bread when we order food. Who cares where the food came from? Who cares how long it took hardworking people to make it? I could just snap my fingers, like pulling up to a drive-thru, Trading some cash or my card or paying with my phone, and a moment later, poof, I get food. Now, that's not to say that buying food is a sin, right? It's not. 
We all need to eat. But instead, it's a warning to us when we think our entire lives should be this convenient. Especially when it comes to God. Like, oh, I'll do what you say, God, but only when it's easy for me. I'll do it when I don't have to invest too much into it. I'll do it when it doesn't require a lot of work on my part. Jesus says, no, that's not how it works. Sometimes we fail here, but Jesus still scores a point. So the devil tries again. In the next temptation, the devil takes him to the top of the temple. And tells him to jump. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up. So that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus replies, again it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Well, here we find out that even the devil can quote scripture. And he quotes it in order to twist it. The passages that he talks about are about how God cares for God's people. But he twists it into a test for God. Now today, I doubt that any of us will jump from a tall place and expect God to catch us. But many of us will still say, It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. If you have ever said that or thought that, please stop. It means that you know what you're going to do is wrong, but you're going to do it anyway because you know God will forgive you. It's like jumping from the pinnacle of the temple, even though you know you shouldn't, because you know God will catch you. That's not how your relationship with God is supposed to work. Yes, God will always love you and forgive you. But that doesn't give you permission to take advantage of God. Even though we sometimes do that, Jesus won't. So again, we fail, but Jesus gets another one. So the score is Jesus who... Devil zero. So the devil tries one more time and says that he will give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if Jesus will just worship. Jesus said, away with you, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Here, the devil is trying to get Jesus to say, That being the son of God means that he can live just like the rest of the world. There doesn't have to be anything different between him and the culture around him. Not only can he be a part of that culture, but he can rule it. When we get this temptation, we often fail. Right, our temptation question is not since you're the son of God, but rather since you're a Christian. 
Since you're a Christian, you can live however you want. You can live just like the world around you. God forgives you. God loves you. You'll go to heaven after you die. So why do the hard life of discipleship? You're already covered. Go out and live however you want. Sometimes we do exactly that. Sometimes we live in such a way that we look like the culture around us. And when we tell somebody, I'm a Christian, they think, really? You? You sure don't act like one. Thankfully, Jesus doesn't give in to this temptation. He doesn't play by the rules of the world. He doesn't let the devil dictate how he's going to live. So, Jesus 3, devil 0. You see, temptation's a lot more engaging when it comes to us instead of Jesus. We struggle. We go back and forth. It's hard to know who's going to win. Will we succumb to it and lose? Or will we resist and win? Sometimes it's a really close game. But when it comes to Jesus, it's a complete shutout. It's really not that exciting. But it is incredibly good news. Think of it this way. It has never been our job to defeat sin, death, and the devil. That's Jesus' job. And he already did it. Jesus is already victorious. He's already conquered all of that stuff. He's like the superhero who does battle, but who will always prevail in the end. It's an engaging story, but we already know who wins before the story is over. That means no matter what temptations we face, no matter how we focus on ourselves, no matter how we try to take advantage of God, no matter how we live like the world around us, no matter how many times we fail, Jesus still wins. And he wins for you. Think about it like a sports team again. When you're cheering for your team and they win, how many of you say, we won? No, you didn't. They won. But you're participating in their victory because they are your team. In the same way, Jesus wins. And you participate in his victory because he is your savior. Plus, not only does he win, but it's always a blowout. Sin, death, and the devil never stood a chance. Yes, they put up a good fight, but the victory is already assured. So because of Jesus, all of us can say, we won! 
So whenever you feel tempted, remember that it is not your own strength that sees you through. It is the power of Jesus that sees you through. So yes, this might not be all that of an exciting of a matchup. The temptation story might not be all emotionally engaging. But you know, I will take the guaranteed victory of Jesus over my own struggles any day. Jesus for the win. In the name of the one who conquers sin, death, and the devil, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.